Welcome to Everyday Evangelism, a new podcast series building up everyday Christians and churches for God's urban mission. Together we'll explore how we can confidently share Jesus in different urban contexts and connect with people on the margins of society. We're so glad you can join us. I'm Jason Roach, Director of Ministries at London City Mission, and I'll be joined by a range of guests for topical discussions, inspiring stories, and practical tips. By God's grace, we can see Jesus Christ known in every community. Well, welcome. In today's episode, we'll be thinking about how we can be praying for God's kingdom to come in our communities. So over the course of the episode, we'll be thinking about why prayer is so important, uh, what the Bible has to say about prayer, and what particular specific actions we can be taking to make this part of our community life. And we'll also be hearing from Hope Church Newham and how that church has seen prayer electrify their evangelistic ministries. We're here with Jonathan Oloyede, who is a, a church planter and also director of the National Day of Prayer, and with Lisa Hutt, who is director of prayer for the Neighbourhood Prayer Network. Welcome to you both. Let's start right at the beginning with why prayer is so important. Why prayer is so important. I, I think of how Jesus introduces his disciples to the Lord's Prayer and says, when you pray, it's just part of what it means to be a praying people. But, but why would you say prayer is so important, Lisa? It's all about our relationship with God. Mm. Um, it's, it's that conversation with him, um, being real and raw about what's going on and bringing to him the concerns we have. Mm. Uh, it could be in our own lives, it could be in our family, on our street, in our community, in the nation, all the nations. Um, it, it is that uh, knowing that when we talk to him, he hears our prayers. Mm. Coincidences happen when we pray, yeah. and um, we we can see His kingdom come. It's a wonderful invitation for all Christians, and also those who don't know God, to talk to Him and say, um, you know, show me that you're real. Yeah. And for some, they their own faith journey started as a prayer. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I was reflecting earlier how this morning I'd heard a number of different cries from my children. There was the cry of frustration about having been pulled out of bed. There was the frustration <laughs> uh, or cry at least for provision, uh, for money, for their lunch and school and that sort of thing. And then there was the cry of anxiety and asked for help for the struggles that they were facing at school uh, that day. And I guess as their father, I help them as best as I can but we have the privilege of coming to our Heavenly Father yeah. and coming to Him to ask that more people would know Him as their Heavenly Father and Jesus as their King. Look, what would you add, Jonathan, we're thinking about why prayer is so important? The key thing for me is the fact that our central person hmm. and focus in Christianity is our Lord Jesus Christ. And in Mark one thirty-five and many other parts of the Scriptures, it talks about him rising up a great while before day and praying. And if the Son of God who committed no sin, <laughs> you know, and is the um, the epitome of um, perfection, as it were, of God in man, had to pray, 
then we have to pray. Yes. And in as much as he taught his disciples how to pray, that episode in Mark chapter 135 spoke about the fact that a a, a revival happened the, the night before. And then he goes to pray early in the morning, and people expect him to come back to continue that um, healing revival. And he says to his disciples, no, we're moving on to the next town. And so in the place of prayer, we receive the fact, we we understand that he is guided by his Father through prayer. And it's not about results. It's not about whether things are going bad or good. Mm. It's about what the Holy Spirit in us is saying. So prayer is very important because it guides us to make the right decisions. Yeah. And when our mental minds and our own natural understanding says we should go this way, um, God is saying to go another way. So mm. prayer is that is very important for us to be successful in everything we do because we're following his pattern and his superior intelligence yeah. in the place of prayer. Oh, I love that. His superior intelligence and his pattern. And of course, he gives us that pattern in Matthew 6 in in terms of prayer. He says, uh, pray the Lord's Prayer. And, and within the Lord's Prayer, he says, your kingdom come. That's what we're, we're focusing on today. What does it mean to pray your kingdom come? What does that mean? Let me start with you, Jonathan. Um, praying God's kingdom is basically God's will in a situation. And many times Christians pray those prayers in church but sometimes they are artificial because a church setting is artificial to real life on a Monday morning Uh and so God's kingdom is everywhere you know it's it's um, just like you said in your child's cry in the morning how do I respond to that Um, somebody faints at a train station how do I respond to that as a believer Everywhere you are, you're bringing God's kingdom because you're the temple of the Lord. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I believe bringing God's kingdom is bringing God's presence and bringing God's will in every part of our existence, in church and well outside of church. Oh, thank you. So there's something about God's kingdom being the place where God's king is acknowledged and worshipped. And you're saying, actually, as we move out into God's world, we are the people who uh worship and acknowledge the king and so how do we interact with those people around us that yeah. sort of thing but lisa what would you add to that thinking what does it mean to to be praying god's kingdom come it's interesting um one of the prayers that's a good prayer is um who would you bring across my path today mm. <laughs> and um just being more intentional in being aware of what's going on around you, asking God to give you eyes to see um, and move your heart in response to the people you meet. It could be the person at the checkout that you say hello to or you smile at. It could be any um, connection, any conversation, having his wisdom. Um, And sometimes when you're in a moment of anxiety, um, taking that to God. Um, I, I read a book as a young Christian um, about Brother Lawrence, um, The Practice of the Presence of God. Yeah. And that really was really informative to me and the way I pray. The attitude was you can be chopping the carrots and chatting to God, um, you know, cleaning the house, yep. chatting to God. Um, whatever you're about, um, God is with you. Yeah, He is present. 
um, in those moments when it's going chaos, in those moments when things aren't going right and it's difficult, you can chat to God, you can pray to him and you can ask him for his help, um, his direction. And uh, I, I, you know, that's something I've experienced. And there have been moments when um, even when I've been washing up, I've just been aware of God's presence with me. Mm. Uh, and there are times when I'm not even praying at all. And I just feel that sense of God's love. Mm. And that's a beautiful, beautiful sort of ongoing journey. And it's one you sort of develop as you are in relationship with God, as you talk with him, as you walk with him each day. Yes, just both of you just speak of the reality of a relationship with God in your lives. And knowing that reality and knowing that he's at work everywhere so i mean what, what strikes me is that both of you seem to be saying it's not just that god is some abstract reality over there he's with you every yeah. moment of every day mm -hmm. and he's working in the community that you move into the space that you move into yes and how do yes. we recognize that and acknowledge that and pray to god speak to him into those moments and i'm guessing that you will have lots of examples of how you've seen the fruit of that, how you've seen prayer work in those kinds of everyday ways. And you, you mentioned earlier how God incidences or coincidences happen more frequently when you pray. I kind of think yeah. of those times when I've been intentional about, about praying, Lord, bring people across my path. And lo and behold, <laughs> suddenly there are people across my path. Mm. So, so share some examples with us of where you've seen fruit where, where you've seen responses to prayer in in ways that are encouraging to you one of my what i call my breakthrough seasons and we sometimes have what i call breakthrough season mm. um there are times when we may have a commitment to a journey of praying mm -hmm. um in my this particular situation i fasted and prayed for 40 days and my fasting wasn't food. I, I didn't watch television for 40 uh -huh. days. It was a Lent time and I used yeah. a sort of Lent resource around it uh, in that discipline. Uh, but I prayed uh, for five homes on my street intentionally during that time. Mm. And I was walking back from church because I walked there and um, I bumped into one of my neighbours and she was hand delivering some invites to various the homes, the whole street. Um, inviting to a social that her and another neighbour were organising and they were two of my five. <laughs> and nothing like that had ever happened on my street. And, you know, we, we gathered and um, I met neighbours that I'd never met before. And, um, and one neighbour said I wasn't sure whether I'd get on with anybody. Um, but actually we had a really good time and that neighbour did a social in the future so it sort of opened up more opportunities to get to know neighbours. I really believe um, because I was intentional praying for those five yeah. and t two of them then did a social. It's not always about us doing everything. Yeah. Some of it is about joining in with what's going on in your community. Yeah, absolutely. And having the boldness to do so as well which I also think comes through prayer, because sometimes meeting new people can be quite a big thing. Um, sometimes if you're shy or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I know that it was just your heart gets so uh, committed that you're in. 
Mm. And that's what happens when you pray because it changes you, enables you to step out. Thank you. Well, we, we might come back in a minute to the, how it enables to step out, you know, the, the, the change that it has in us. Mm. Just sticking on this thing of impact, how have you seen prayer impact um, your community? In 2015, we, were, we had a Macedonian call to an estate in, in Dagenham. Yeah. And it was a rundown place. And the um, gentleman, Chris, said, this place, I don't know what to do here. Can you come and join us? The Lord directed us by the Spirit, by prophecy and by words of knowledge that we had to go. Uh-huh. And so we took a church plant there. We went to plant a church there and we're there for two to three years. And within those times, we prayed all over the whole estate. We walked around the place, prayer walking. Yeah. And on a particular moment, we actually, um, through the prayer school we set up there, we we actually declared God's kingdom yeah. into the place. And we um, gave the enemy eviction notice <laughs> over the place. And within months, um, somebody in the prayer school connected with Chris and helped them apply for a grant. And they were successful. Huh. And I think they gave them well over, I think, hundreds of thousands of pounds. And the whole place was renovated. If you go there now, it's fully transformed. It's a whole new building. They've built new buildings, new flats. Huh. You know, they've had money come in. You know, the whole place has been transformed. So I'm telling you, prayer works. If any church, individual, on a, on a family level, it works. On a street level, it works. On a community level, it works. Well, just long as you have Christians who understand the power of prayer and are intentional in what they're asking and what they're declaring over the community, prayer can work wonders. Oh, I love what you're saying about the different levels at which it works as well. I, I know LCM have been partnering with a, a, a particular network to connect with um, with Muslims. And it, essentially, it's just about praying that the Lord would open up the hearts of Muslims in local communities. And as young people, particularly millennials, have been gathering to pray, uh, we've seen incredible answers to those prayers. And it's in individual lives. It's mm. uh, people, after a, a few weeks, noticing that their own friends are beginning to show interest in wanting to read the Bible and compare the Bible to the Quran and things like that. And uh, other people who are finding uh, that new relationships uh, with Muslim friends and colleagues are emerging as a result of that specific intentional prayer that God would do something to uh, raise up uh, Muslims in their area to, to want to know something about the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're, we're so thankful uh, to see what God has been doing in the hearts of individuals. We're going now to hear from uh, Ursula, uh, who is at Hope Church Newham, and we're going to hear something of how prayer has had an impact in their community as they've sought to reach people for Jesus Christ. My name's Ursula. I'm a trustee of Hope Church. Hope at the Hub is a place, it's a drop-in for anyone eight, 18 or over on a Tuesday afternoon where we offer games, arts and craft activities. But it's essentially a place to chill and relax and make friends. 
I think it was that heart that the church had that was going to bless the community. A whole mix of people coming through the doors. There's a huge amount of need, and we had people after they'd got their food from the food bank coming here. Fairly early on, we found we were getting people coming in who wanted to come to church on the Sunday. So the friendship on a Tuesday then led to, yeah, I'm going to come here on the Sunday. So that, that was good. A year later, when we had began the partnership with LCM, and we were then becoming much more intentional, having many more intentional conversations with people about Jesus. Scott and Isabella are part of London City Mission. Scott having encouraged us to form a team to pray and, and to, to work together, that was really good. We needed that. We had a, a lady come, come along who I'd met from another charity who wanted friends, lady who's a Muslim, and she was not quiet about her Muslim faith. She. And that actually made it much easier for us to talk about our Christian faith because, you know, you were just responding to her. But also, if she's sharing about her Muslim faith, then let's share about our Christian faith as well. And the conversations, lots of one-on-one -on -one conversations where people start opening up about what's going on in their lives. A lot of people just want someone to listen to when we got gathered together for prayer one time. We had some very clear input from one of our team members. She said to us that God had given her some scriptures and some words for us. And one of those words was that God had been looking after us for the 18 months we've been going, but he wanted us to align closer to his will. We needed to listen to what he was saying and that we would see more fruit by doing that. It would increase our boldness and courage to speak to others if we did that. So God spoke through someone to tell us, I'm the leader, you're not the leaders. I'm the leader of this work and you need to align with me. So yeah, let's not just make the plans and then come to God and say, this is what we're doing. Let's just say, actually, God, you know, show us what you want us to be doing because we know that that's what's going to produce the most fruit. There just seems to have been more, an acceleration in the conversations, more conversations happening. We then had the exciting news that, you know, the story that one of our members went along, one of the guests went along with a couple of the, the leaders to the XL to God is Love Tour and gave his life to God. And two days later, he's, he's contacting the person who took him along and saying, can we meet early? I want, I've got all these questions. And having a Bible study every week during Hope at the Hub, because he's so keen to go forward. He's just signed up to do Alpha. So that, that's an exciting story, you know, someone who's given their life to God. I was, I was thinking the other day about how has prayer had an impact on Hope at the Hub. One of the things we've had a noticeable change in is numbers. We've, we've seen growth recently. Um, we've had over 50 people in a six-week period. You know, 
the which is fantastic. But then there's also been that there's something I realised I was doing differently, which was following up people afterwards. And I'd felt compelled to do this. It wasn't something we sat down as a group and said, oh, it would be good if we did this. And I'm absolutely convinced that that's the Holy Spirit. It's God telling me this is what you need to be doing. I've got a register. I look at it and think, who, who didn't come that I need to talk to? Which ones do you want me to talk to? Two weeks ago, I made... No, I sent a series of messages. Four different people opened up to me about things that like, oh, wow. My goodness, I did not realise they were going through that. And it's, well, how, where do we go from this? You know, can we meet up? You realise that actually there's so much more going on in people's lives. I mean, one person who spoke to me, she said, there are only two people who know this. Thank you, God, that you've given me that privilege to be the one who she shared this with and that I can then pray for her, pray into this situation and hopefully you know, help her through what is a really difficult time. So this, this is part of this directional thing. It's a response to our prayer saying, what should we do? That's how I see the two-way conversation with God. It's not something where you get the answers immediately. He might come to you through someone else. It might be through something you read in scripture or it might be that prompting to do something and then like, oh, and it, and it, sometimes I don't, you know, it takes a while to recognize that that was God rather than just something I decided to do. If we're in tune with God, if we're listening to Holy Spirit, we are reflecting Jesus in what we do. It's not, it's not a, a forced thing. Oh, I need to now add in the bit about Jesus. I think mean, it just comes out naturally. Powerful stuff. Well, yes. Uh, Ursula talked about a two-way conversation with God. Um, what thoughts have you got about prayer being that kind of two-way conversation? Any thoughts on that, Lisa? Yeah, sometimes um, when you pray, um, it can feel a bit silent. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But actually, when you do pray, in the walking out of what happens next, I think God does speak. And it could be through scripture. It could be through somebody you meet. Um, it could be something you see on television. It could be anything that actually may... Um, sort of bring clarity or it just may be a change in your attitude over something or towards somebody um, because maybe you're struggling with someone and you've prayed about it and you find you have more grace or something mm. like that towards them because you know that's what happens when you pray God will speak mm -hmm. sometimes we have to listen and be quiet there's a time to be still and for some of us that's hard um, but it's well worth being silent sometimes um, and it can feel a bit awkward but actually it 
can at times be totally transformational um, in, in a particular thing that you're bringing before God. Yeah, thank you. And, and Jonathan, anything you'd add to that, this idea of the two-way conversation? Yeah, this is, this is personal to me yeah. because um, this is how I became a Christian. Uh-huh. I was a Muslim and one of the questions my imam and Muslim family could not answer was why doesn't Allah speak to me? And I did not get a satisfactory answer until I got into medical school and around this bunch of interesting people who kept on saying, <laughs> God said this, God said that. And that was curious to me. That drew in my curiosity that yeah. how does God speak to you? And we got into these conversations about religion. Yeah. And they would invite me to their prayer meetings that used to run um, from midnight to um, the morning. And one fateful day, I decided, you know, my friends had left to town, and this yeah. was in Nigeria when I was, in, I was training to be a medical doctor there. Um, and I just thought, let me go see what these guys are doing. And I went to this church around midnight, yeah. between 12 and 1. And as I walked in and sat down, very chaotic meeting, you know, <laughs> um, young people, about a hundred of them, God began to speak to me, that receive my son Jesus. Mm. And I said, God, I've been asking to speak to you all my life. And the first time you're speaking to me is in the church. <laughs> and he said, and I said, you be my God on one condition. You speak to me every day, deal or no deal. And God basically said deal. So I went forward, <clears throat> excuse me, I went forward and um, they said, um, do I want to become a Christian? And I said, no. I said, what do you want? I said, I want Jesus. So they didn't know what to do with me. They put me to his side. But um, someone came to pray for me. And they said, well, if you want Jesus, we'll give you Jesus. And I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoken tongues, and um, the rest is history. Hmm. Um, but from that moment, I was engaged with a talking, um, interactive God. That's all I've known. Mm -hmm. all my so I read my Bible, God speaks. God speaks with the Holy Spirit. God speaks me through dreams. Mm. Um, God speaks me through circumstances. Mm. And I believe that um, everyone who is a believer mm. can tap into an interactive, yeah. talking, communing God. God is real. Amen. And he's, he's active in the world. Yes. Amen. And he wants us to know him. Praise God. Yes. <laughs> For that, that testimony. And it, Ursula was speaking to ties in neatly with that she began to speak about their experience at, uh, at the church about how they wanted to make sure they weren't just focusing on what they wanted but what god wanted that it wasn't just their will but it was god's will uh, have you got any thoughts on how we can ensure that as we pray we're not just praying my will be done but but your will be done god uh, jonathan why do you start us off this time <laughs> Uh, one of the things I learned very quickly in reading the scriptures was that God had a template uh -huh. and God had a will that was revealed through scripture. Yeah. And so when we, when, we, um, when we come to God or doing anything for God, it has to be in line with scripture Amen. and follow scripture as a, as a principle. And I feel that's one of the ways in which we can know that we're doing the will of God, that anything we're trying to do you know, has a scriptural template yes. or scriptural mandate. Yes. And that, I believe, is the key. Yeah, thank you. Would you add anything to that, Lisa? 
Um, I, I think um, we seek God. What is on your heart for my family, yeah. my street, my community? And also, what are you already doing that I can join in with? Mm. Um, you know, show me what's happening. Um, because, you know, the, there is a bigger picture, isn't there? There are people praying for people mm. uh, that we don't know. Yeah. Um, and we might become the answer to someone's prayer. Some sow, some reap, it says in the word of God. Um, so just being in that sort of open, um, available um, sort of attitude before God in prayer, but also then walking that out in our day to day um, and adventures happen. And I was just thinking back. Um, you say adventures happen. Adventures happen. <laughs> that is my story. I, I mean, um, I, w I was I was thinking back to a time when I had a, a set aside time of prayer a number of years ago. Yeah. And um, I felt the Lord say, get involved in corporate prayer for Hope 08, which was an initiative that was happening. Mm -hmm. And um, so I rang it up and uh, the person I spoke to for where I lived um, said, um, well, there isn't any. Would you help lead it? <laughs> so at that point, it was one of those divine setups. Yeah. So I rang a number of people up and they all said yes. And some of them were quite busy and I was and they were from different churches and they came to my home and we met and I said, well, well, how do we do this, God? Um, <laughs> and so I felt God was saying, well, include the Lord's Prayer, include the Creed and rotate the leadership and pray for hope to come into different aspects of your community each week and meet. So we did that. Okay. And then it sort of carried on a bit more because it, then it was like, well, actually, I want this to go into your town. So well, what does that mean? How does that look like, God? Well, contact the churches together. OK, we'll do that. So we contacted the churches together. And what did that look like? Well, it became a day of prayer for the town. And we prayed for hope to come and people came from different churches. Mm. And then uh, I got involved with a credit crunch group. And then what does that, what do we do with this, God? Well, actually go and set up a job club. Okay, well, where do we do that in a Christian cafe? Okay, fine. And so the adventure continues. Mm. It's a dialogue. I'm just sharing that because um, you then find yourself becoming the answers to your prayer. So in my home, we prayed for hope for the unemployed. In reality, it was lived out by then um, being part of organizing a space where people could come to support the unemployed. And, you know, so God did a heart work in me and then gave me an opportunity to become the answer, partly in prayer to the prayer of saying. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And just uh, it ties in with something that Ursula was saying as well about how as she prayed, she recognized that she began to act differently. Mm. She was prompted to go and follow people up who she She'd never talked about that or discussed that, but she was prompted to do it. She was being changed through her prayers. Mm. How have you guys seen that play out uh, in your your prayer life and ministry? Um, mm, that's a deep one. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, just following on from what Lisa said about adventures in God, yeah, is that you discover that God knows way more than you do and mm. um, he doesn't tell you everything at the same t at, the, at the beginning mm. and so he unravels things as you go mm. and I remember um, praying for the nation for England which I thought was a Christian nation when I arrived 
um, and discovering that, um, you know, it was a very different place. Mm -hmm. And in praying for the nation and asking God, <clears throat> and asking God what is going on, God began to put visions and dreams into my heart. I began to have visions and dreams of what he was going to do in the nation. And as a result, I, I picked up a burden for England that I didn't have before. Mm. And I realized that God was calling me to the, to the nation. And so in praying, I received my call. And that's See. why I'm still here. I'm all started from the place of prayer and changed my attitude towards um, the Brits, the Welsh, the English, the Irish, and, the, and all those who are coming from all the, the nations that God has something to do here. And that God took me on a journey, an adventure, like Lisa was saying, of getting involved with my local group, connecting regionally, then going national, and then the National Day of Prayer started, and then planting churches and doing all the stuff we're doing. Um, it started from the place of prayer, me just inquiring, God, what is going on? And so in the place of prayer, we are changed because sometimes we become the answer mm. to the inquiry. And God knew that all along and yeah. has put that inquiry or that burden or desire in our hearts. And mm. so you may be a person with a, with a frustration with something happening in your church or your family. Mm. As you go to God in prayer, he yeah. begins to unravel in your heart what you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Your change of attitude to that person or to the community. And that is a very interesting um, phenomenon, as it were. Well, look, we've talked about so many things. We want to help people to think how this could become part of the rhythm of their everyday lives. So would you have any suggestions for how people can begin to make prayer the rhythm of their everyday life? I think it's about being intentional, but mm. it's also what works for you. I mm -hmm. mean, you, you've got to look at your day and decide which time of day you're going to set aside, mm -hmm. how that's going to flow mm. as you go out and come in. Yeah. Um, and I think some people, they will have a very structured way of praying mm -hmm. and a discipline in that way. Others may be more creative and spontaneous. Um, that sense of just God being with you and praying as you go. Mm. And that's okay, because we're all different. Um, and sometimes we would go through seasons, like I described earlier about uh, fasting and praying for 40 days. It was yeah. a, it was something that I just knew that I needed to do. And I came, and sometimes you come across um, opportunities to be part of something bigger, you know, whether like with the National Day of Prayer and Worship, the fasting and prayer that Jonathan leads yeah. and I'm, gathering with people to pray and fast and it's lovely to know there are more people doing that likewise so um you know and it may be an attitude um just for it's finding your place in your home so it might be you you may want to be or it might be outside you may be somebody who wants to walk and pray so it's finding that seat or that place or that space that you know you can or, and you can be and i actually think for some it is also kneeling and praying not everybody will be able to do that physically but um there's something in me that when i kneel i submit to god mm. so again it's that that you know can be part of um really making a connect with god just recognizing who he is Thank kneeling you. before the father and praying from that place so I hope that sort of gives some encouragement. Thank you, Lisa. It's something about intentionality, mm. something about 
freedom within that intentionality and recognizing that we God has wired us all differently and it'll mm-hmm. look differently for all of us. Jonathan, would you add anything? I, I feel that um, combining the structured and the spontaneous mm. for, for different people is important. Mm. However, it's always good to teach people and show people patterns yeah. and, and they can choose from. And one of the key patterns that I was introduced to when I became a Christian was the quiet time in the morning, mm. which was before your day starts, you know, going back to Mark one thirty five, which I mentioned earlier. Um, Jesus modeled that for us and he will spend lots of time in prayer. It's also good to follow the rhythm of maybe the Christian um, calendar when you have your Lent, you know, you have the beginning of the year when you want to pray and fast. Some churches start and fast and pray at the beginning of the year. Mm. Um, Some do the Lent um, in in the period of Lent. So it just depends on on the rhythm Mm. and the spontaneity that goes with, with that. And you just do what what you're comfortable with. Mm. Um, I find that scripture is a very good place to help you in prayer. The Psalms um, are are very good um, places of expression. People wrote these things down. We're reading their journals written thousands of years ago, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so there's almost like prayer books that are already pre-written for you to just understand how people pray expressively, angrily, um, depressed, mm. all the emotions are there, joyfully, everything's expressed in the Psalms. And so you find yourself there. And so being able to see their models, just mm. looking at people in your community or your family, how they pray, asking mm. them, somehow you find a menu that works for you. Mm. Everybody mm. has their own style. Yeah. And so I, I would say to people, um, ask questions, inquire, be hungry, and you know there will be something that fits your thirst and your hunger and your desire to pray. Thank you. As churches, what steps can we take to to build in a sort of rhythm of prayer as we think about reaching Um, out? Yeah, as a church planter, I've discovered that many churches uh, sometimes struggle with prayer. And one said there's some different things they can do. Rather than having a prayer meeting in the week, um, which nobody goes to sometimes, <laughs> um, bring that prayer into the main service and incorporate it as a portion of your service regularly on a Sunday, get different people to do it. Um, also, once a month or once every two or three months, devote or turn a normal Sunday service into a prayer service. You know, um, other churches pray for the nations and you go through the nations alphabetically. I remember we used to pray for the nations alphabetically and so we get something on each nation and pray we actually did this um 31 and um, rhythm of 31 where everybody chose a number between 1 and 31 uh-huh. and whatever number you chose that's your day to fast and pray uh-huh. in the month you know and so that helps churches communities individuals to connect with a rhythm of prayer that is structured but also um personal to them or to their congregation. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and so now, um, what opportunities are there through the networks that you're involved in uh, to get involved in prayer? So our um, Neighbour Prayer Network, um, our vision is to see every street in the co- country covered with Christian prayer, people praying for their neighbours, mm-hmm. caring for their neighbours and sharing Jesus with their neighbours. And I think prayer is, is the thing that will move your heart to 
care and share God's love. It's so important. It's the fuel in the car, so to speak, so it can go somewhere. Um, you can have all sorts of clever ideas, um, but I think there's something about the prayer that just um, then will inform and give you the courage and the direction you need from God around mm. the things that you're passionate about, the things you're desiring for in your community. Mm. Um, so um, with Neighbourhood Prayer Network, we have a newsletter that goes out to encourage that every Friday for those who connect with us. And you can sign up to pray for your street on our website, www.neighbourhoodprayer.net. And, uh, and and we do have a passion for London. And, and, and I'm so excited even just to be sat here. It's answer prayer I'm sat here. I had been on holiday and had a real prompt to go into a second-hand bookshop and found a book on the history of London City Mission. And, um, you know, and I read it and I thought, you know, this is just, they're just this is just amazing. I knew you were amazing anyway, but just read the story <laughs> was amazing. And I've, I've been involved in mobilising Prayer for London now for six years. Um, London Prayer Loop, where we surround London, the Transport for London walks, um, physically for those who can and then we discovered the virtual through covid so yeah. we do our monthly co um, zoom calls around that and the whole idea um that um you know we can pray for the capital because what happens on the streets of london impacts the rest of our nation and so i don't live in london but i have a call to mobilize prayer for london and to to, to pray for what happens in london and so you know again I think there's a sense of sometimes even having um, almost um, what I would almost call a prayer missionary type attitude mm. in prayer. For some, it will be very localized, but for others, they will be sent out. Um, and there's a prayer calling on their life. And maybe someone's watching this and they identify with that for a particular place or a situation. Um, and so again, the adventure is there. So if you if you want to get involved, please do with Neighbour Prayer Network. Um, if you want to find out more about the London Prayer Loop and get involved either in our annual physical um, prayer walk surrounding London, it's a bit like 24 cake slices, 24 sections, you know, and we're praying to the heart of London. We're blessing the places in London. Um, and we, this year we have been praying intentionally for the missionaries of London City Mission. And here I am with this invite coincidences happen when you pray praise the lord <laughs> and jonathan <laughs> how might people get involved in the networks that you're involved in um we, we we're called the national day of prayer and worship we pray every week on a thursday um evening at seven mm -hmm. for about 45 minutes to an hour and so people can just go onto the website and register and they can connect with us we cover the whole of the British Isles and the Republic of Ireland and the smaller Isles. Mm. And so we, we, we get hundreds that come every week to pray. And we are thousands in our network across the British Isles. And the idea is to cover the whole of the nation as a canopy. And so we believe so much in prayer, unity and mission leading mm. to transformation. Thank you so much. As we draw to a close, what one step would you encourage people who are listening or watching to take just in a couple of sentences what would be one step that you encourage people to take lisa um i would um 
I think it would be just to start talking to God. <laughs> um, it's as simple as that, really. Um, and um, just be open to how God would lead you mm. um, and try new things. Go exploring, see what is out there regarding mm. prayer. God has raised up all sorts of um, amazing um, resources around prayer. Um, so uh, if you have a particular passion or focus, um, just see what's out there and, and engage with it um, and, and then incorporate that into your life and maybe find out more or maybe even join a prayer group. Mm. Mm. Yes, um, there may be, and it may be even setting up a prayer group. You know, okay. what is God saying to you? Um, you know, I was thinking um, around gun and knife crime, actually, um, which is one of the passions we have around peace on our streets. You know, maybe one of the things that's been moving me is, is the times of day that some of these young ones are vulnerable. You know, a prayer watch, what might that look like where you live? Um, and it might be something you do on your own. It might be with others. So, again, um, be open to how, you know, we sometimes respond to what's happening, but also we can be forward thinking and praying rather than into what's happened, but praying for things that are good. So you're not always dealing with the crisis, but actually sowing into your community the things you We've waited on God about about what you believe um, mm. He would want to do because yeah, He wants to bring transformation. Problem, yes, sometimes actually, being proactive. Yeah. Actually, you know, have have you got dreams that you want to see realised for where you live, and mm. uh, take them to the Lord in prayer, or maybe wait on God, God and say, well, what are the dreams you'd want to give to me? Mm. It can be a two way thing. Thank you, Lisa, and to you, Jonathan. Um, um, so I'm going to mention one step. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one thing anyone listening can do is if you're an early morning person, just create the space and the time to pray to God and listen to him. Get a Bible, get some music if that's into your thing, mm -hmm. you know, get a mug or tea or coffee, whatever, and just sit, read and pray. If you're a late person after everyone's gone to bed, create the space. Investing the time with God will help you build your prayer life. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you both will know that through history, uh, revival has always been connected with communities coming together to pray. And uh, I've been, I had the privilege of studying at Asbury this year, where earlier in the year there was a, a huge outpouring uh, of um, uh, the, the Spirit of God and uh, conversions and so on and so forth. But but actually, although that's what gets the attention, what lay behind it uh, was a small group of people who committed to pray uh, week in, week out, that God would act. And uh, it always happens uh, that way. So I love your encouragement uh, that we think, well, who is God calling us to gather with? Uh, and how can we start by ourselves to pray, to call out to the Lord for the grace and help uh, that he promises to give? So thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. It can sometimes be difficult to know how to pray for London. It's a city of over 9 million people, and half of them are unlikely to hear the gospel in their lifetime. It can feel overwhelming, but God is doing something amazing in this city, and you can be part of it. Missionaries are coming alongside ordinary Christians across London, equipping them to share their faith with people around them, 
and people are hearing about Jesus for the first time and choosing to follow him. The potential impact is amazing. Your prayers are powerful. In fact, we rely on prayer for all that we do. And there are lots of ways that you can pray. Head over to lcm.org.uk forward slash pray to find simple, effective resources to help you pray for London. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that you've been inspired to take your next step in building connections and sharing Jesus with those around you, especially people on the margins of society. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, why not subscribe and recommend this podcast to a friend? Visit our Everyday Evangelism Urban Mission Resource Hub at lcm.org.uk forward slash resources to find all the latest episodes, as well as a range of helpful tools to help you confidently share Jesus and connect with people on the margins of society. Follow London City Mission on social media to stay up with all the latest content.